What does it take to start a soccer club? I interviewed Ira Jersey, the founder of Real Central New Jersey Soccer Club, to find out. Here's a hint, you have to dare greatly. Welcome to Soccer FC, Fandom and Culture. This is an exploration of soccer fandom and culture for new fans. Because there's more to soccer than what happens on the field. I'm Wright Sinieris, soccer aficionado and explorer. Ira Jersey, the founder of Real Central New Jersey Soccer Club. Thank you. You had got the name correct. <laughs> I like to do my research, and I thought, when I first saw this, I thought, is it Real Central? Like, is this a, like a Real kind of Madrid kind of? We all saw it late kind of thing. And so I watched the videos and I said, oh, they call it real central New Jersey because there is really a central. That's New exactly right. And so when people, <laughs> when, when we were thinking about different names, we actually early on in our project, uh, our chief marketing officer, Jeremy, got together with one of our interns who um, now has graduated and is now working in, in sports media and sports uh, uh, content management, actually, for uh, for an organization. He, had, Our intern actually came up with the name. So he said, why don't we call it, you know, we were playing up this whole, you know, Central Jersey is real. Um, are we real? And of course, Real is a very common name. So, you know, obviously people call it Real Central all the time. I personally don't mind, you know, our, our chief marketing officer sometimes is like, but we're real. I'm like, we knew and we named the club this, that it was going to happen all the time that we were going to wind up with with this confusion. Um, but but internally, we always call it Real Central. And that's our, uh, uh, you know, that is our, our name. And, and we want to be from here, right? We want to be from Central Jersey. We're not New York. We're not Philadelphia. We're not, you know. Atlantic City, where Central Jersey. I'm with you. There is really a Central Jersey people. <laughs> there really is. Uh, and so you've had a long relationship with the game. You've I've read that you've had some trials with some English academies. You you, you have your coaching license. You've you, it's a refereeing. Yeah, when, when I can, when I'm not coaching, I, I referee. Yeah, so I actually okay. just redid my certification. Okay. You know, unlike coaches where you just go up in rank uh, as as a referee, you have to get recertified every year, learn all the new laws of the oh, game okay. and all the new nuances and take an exam like there's actually a test oh sure so it, it's actually you know non-trivial to become a uh, to, to become a referee and remain a referee i imagine so you've had all this soccer experience was starting a club always on your radar <laughs> no, uh, actually it was not on my radar so so my soccer journey started a few years ago when my kids kind of graduated beyond to better club environments and it it was uh i wanted to stay involved in the sport and i, I really wanted to get involved with the soccer side of a you know more professional team, an adult team. Um, so I looked around for a USL League Two. Now it used to be called the PDL, the Premier, the Players Development League, and uh, and or NPSL team. And at the time, I live here in Lawrence, New Jersey, so not too far from you, right? <laughs> Uh, and the closest teams were over an hour away. So I was like, well, I don't, I'm not going to travel an hour for a volunteer job. And I said, and this is crazy. We live in Mercer County. It's a hotbed of soccer. We have so many great youth clubs here. We send so many players to high-level universities. We have national team players that have come out of here. We have Rutgers University, Princeton University, uh, TCNJ, Ryder, all very hot soccer programs at, at various levels of, of the college game. So we said, how the heck do we not have a club here for those players on the men's and women's side 
to play either where they live or where they go to school right here in Mercer County. Um, so there used to be a team. There used to be the the, uh, the New Jersey Wildcats, but they stopped operations sometime in 2011-ish. So, uh, so, so I, I talked to some of my soccer friends and everyone got really excited. And we, we in, in January of 2020, we decided to push forward and start a team. And so anyway, it was a heck of a timing too. <laughs> I'm not surprised you haven't heard of us because, you know, we, we basically, we started this whole project in the middle of the pandemic. So, so it's been kind of a slow grind to get the word out there that we exist. Right. January, 2020, we had such a promise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you you mentioned that this is a hotbed of soccer. Hotbed of soccer, you're in the financial sector, so you know how money works. What did you see in the market to support a club? And we have players, but what did you see that said, okay, we could start a club and, you know, we'd have a path to success. So one of the ideas of USL League Two, and then and I'm sure you're going to ask about USL League One a little later, because that's a very exciting project that we're, that we're working on now, is is really how hyper-local we can be. So, you know, when, where we live is basically a little more than an hour to two Major League Soccer um, teams. And Gotham FC moved out of, uh, of uh, Rutgers and now is at Red Bull yeah. Arena. So that's an hour and a quarter, hour and a half away, depending on you know, route one traffic. Um, so, so, so at the end of the day, it, it's, it's a, it's a matter of, you know, w- with Gotham in particular, moving out of the area, there's no professional or very high level soccer that was being played right here. So, and, and lower division football, soccer, I, I might go back and forth by the way. So it's, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up, I grew up with coach Andre who called it football. So I'm, I, I've called it football all my life. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, so ultimately, we, you know, we wanted to make something affordable, something where you could just, you know, soccer is a great sport for entertainment because you know you're going to be in the stadium for two hours, right? It's not a baseball game or, or an American gridiron football game where you know that could take four hours and baseball can go on infinitely if if it's if there's a tie at the end of every you know every inning. So so the thing is is that the, the great thing is is like okay, it's Friday night. What are we going to do? you know, oh, we can go to Real Central, a Real Central game. We can be there at 6.30. We can have dinner there. Seven o'clock is kickoff. We can do something fun at halftime. And then, you know, we, we can be putting the kids to bed by 9.15. Whereas, you know, if you have to go to RBA, uh, to Red Bull Arena, or you have to go down to Philly, which I'm not saying people shouldn't do, you're going to pay 20 bucks for parking. You're going to pay 20 dollars plus a ticket probably 30 or 40 dollars a ticket depending on where you're going to sit right and so for a family of four it's going to cost you 200 250 dollars to go there and that's before you start paying for food so we wanted to make something you know much more affordable we want we we joke around that it's like it costs you less to watch one of our games than it does to go to the movies so it, it's it's just the you know th- that's kind of our mantra and we want to keep it affordable now you know, it, if we go pro or when we go pro, it won't be quite that as affordable. It just can't be, right? Because we have to pay the players and other things. But but at this level, at, at the, the USL2 and the Women's Premier Soccer League level where we play now, it, it's it's perfect. Our overhead's not particularly high. We rent our stadium. Our players don't get paid. You know, they don't pay us either. It's not a pay-to-play model. But, they, uh, but, but you know, our, our overhead is not as expensive as it is if you have a professional club. And so that's really our... 
our, our mission is to keep it affordable, hyper-local. You know, you get four, five, six hundred fans in a game, and it, it has a great atmosphere for the small stadiums that we uh, that we play in. I work in entrepreneurship, and so <laughs> I'm fascinated by people who say, I'm going to take that risk and do the thing for you starting a soccer club. But like all startups, you can't do it alone. you got to build a team. And so what did you look for besides funding, of course, but what were you looking for as you built out your front office? Yeah. So, so right now with the USL2 and the WPSL, it is self-funded. So there's just the, the three owners actually are footing, footing the, the startup costs for, for the firm. So when we talk about entrepreneurship and you're hundred percent right, you know, what, what people who are fans of, of soccer clubs don't understand is that club is a business, right? First and foremost, it's a business. And in order for it to be an ongoing concern, it has to be a business. Um, uh, we could talk about pay to play too at some point because th th that's something else that irks me because someone pays, right? <laughs> it's just a matter of who, right? But but someone someone pays. So uh, you know when when I was talking about starting the club, like I said, the first thing I did was talk about viability. So I went to a number of other you know soccer fanatics in the area who I know from you know my kids' clubs, and there was someone who uh, he, he and I are both U.S. soccer. We give to the U.S. Soccer Foundation, and and uh, we've gone to a number of fundraisers together. So, and he happens to live in Hopewell, which is the next town over from where I live. And so, I you know I talked to him and said, hey, here's the project I want to do. And he said, hey, I want to be on board. I have four daughters. I would love to run your women the women's program. So, so you know, so he came on board as a partner. I have a friend who I played on the over forty men's team with who happens to be a marketing person and i said hey what do you think of this idea he's like that's fantastic and you know what your passion is going to take this a long way and then he got as as passionate as i did and then we all wind up you know teaming up and, and using our various skills in order to to start building building the club and, and you know i have to admit i mentioned before that we started this whole project in the middle of the pandemic the first year was which was good and bad so i'll, I'll tell you the one thing that was good about it was we kind of didn't have very high expectations for the first year, right? Because we had no idea. May 1st, we didn't know if we were going to be allowed to have fans in the stadium. Like we started to sell season tickets. We had 500 person venue. We sold 80 season tickets. We had to stop selling tickets because like at the time we were like, we don't know if we're actually allowed to have fans in the stadium. So <laughs> and I see you nodding your head there. Yeah, it's like it's, it's this crazy thing, right? Um, and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the, uh, the governor says, "Oh, you're allowed to have 25 percent." So we're like, "Okay, fine." And, you know, 25 percent is very doable. We can have 150 people or so in the stadium, and then, you know, and then suddenly it's 50 percent, and so it's like, "Okay, well, now we got you know got to rush out and try and get some some more people." Um, so, so the first year was it was difficult, right? And and it was difficult also from the commercial side because there weren't very many people at the time who. And rightly so, right? We had a we didn't have great attendance our first season, and it, we had a problem with sponsors who um, basically said, "Look, we're not sponsoring events. Like we're just not sponsoring event-based activities now." Year two, right in 2021, all of a sudden, you know, we wind up getting a ton of sponsors. Um, I, I, I mean, a ton's relative, right? We we didn't hit our targets, but we did significantly better <laughs> than than what we were hoping to do. Um, and we brought on a couple of really great partners. So um, like like Capital Health, which is a big hospital chain in our area, they came on board. Mm -hmm. That was huge. Um, the Buxton Complex, which a lot of people know because if you're driving down the interstate, they're right along the interstate. And look to the yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to Pennsylvania, look to the right. If you're coming from Pennsylvania, look to the left. And you'll see the Buxton Complex, yep. which happens to be right next to Capital Health. That's just the, that's just ironic. But mm -hmm. 
but the, the uh, uh, but the point is, is that you know they've been great, right? They're 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 a small local business, and they they were actually our very first sponsor, and are sponsoring us for the. Th- I can I can announce this today, breaking news, right here, right now. Mm. They are coming back for the third year, so so they're going to be sponsoring us Fantastic. for our third year, which we're really excited about, and uh, th- so. So it, it's been it's been growing, right? It's just taken some time. It's taken maybe I'd say we're six months to a year behind where we hope to be, and and a big part of that was just the pandemic. But you know we, um, you, you know you asked you asked why uh, you know what made us want to do this, and it's really the passion for the sport that has to start it. And then I have right next to me on my left a, a quote that I read a few times a week, and I have it hanging on my wall, and that's Teddy Roosevelt's quote about daring greatly and basically about risk-taking. If you don't take the risk, you're never going to get a re- reward, and you know you, you, you shouldn't be blaming the people who fail at taking risks. You should be you know, not necessarily applauding them, but you, you want to not be timid, right? And, and, uh, and that's where it is, right? So we started the club. We're we're gonna we're gonna go after it. You know what? And if we fall down, daring greatly, we fall down, daring greatly. But you know, at least we tried. You got to do it. They say low periods of <laughs> economic activity are the times <laughs> to make new businesses. So uh, all the way to go up. <laughs> the followers of my whole enterprise know that I go to a lot of Ryder and Princeton games, uh, men and women. And so tell me about your new arrangement to have men's games at Ben Cohen Field at Ryder? Uh, no, our, both of our, uh, t- uh, both okay, of our both first of team, free professional teams, will, will play at, uh, at Ben Cohen Field at Ryder University this year. Um, that's a very exciting uh, announcement for us. Mercer County Community College was great. Um, they were absolutely wonderful to us. Um, we can't complain. They came through during the pandemic and allowed us to play there when, when you know, another uh, local institution basically balked at, at our at our agreement that we had with them and, and canceled it because of COVID. And, uh, and, and Mercer County really came through. But th- there are some advantages for, for us, at least commercially, right? And I'm, I'm only talking about this from a commercial aspect. Um, in fact, one of our teams, we, we still do play and will play at Mercer County Community College, which is we have a full year men's program that, that allows players after college or players who don't go to college to, to continue playing the sport competitively. Okay. Um, we actually played in the U.S. Open Cup qualifying this year for the first time. Oh. So, you know, we're, wow. we're really trying to make that into something akin to our summer teams. But our summer teams are still our first team. So USL League Two, the Women's Premier Soccer League team. Um, will be at Ben Cohen Field. It's just a, a slightly better setup from a commercial perspective. The parking is right next to the field. Um, there's areas yeah. where we're going to be able to set up corporate hospitality that will be really nice. The locker rooms are right next to the field as opposed to a, a pretty hefty walk like they were at Mercer County Community College. Right. So some of the logistics for what we're trying to do just work a little bit better, I, I think, and will work a little bit better at Ryder University. Um, you know, so far, you, you know, we're we're the first group like us who who I think are playing there, and because of that, there's kind of a learning curve for for them. Whereas Mercer County Community College actually had another USL team that played there a few years ago. You know, like like that's that's oh. where well well that's where the Wildcats played. Um, so, uh-huh. so they had experience, they kind of knew <laughs> what was going on. Uh, whereas right. as Ryder is, is, you know, we have to kind of educate them and they have to tell us also what's feasible and what's, what's possible. Um, yeah. so, but, but it's been great. Like, like the staff there has been really, really fantastic so far. Yeah. And, and the nice thing is at, at, at Ryder also like, like another benefit of Ryder, 
is they have a, a sports communications department. So we're going to have those students wind up running our, our live streams and, and the like. So, oh, yeah, so, so there, there's a lot of synergies that just make sense because, you know, because we're a pre-professional soccer team, you know, that's what we call it when mm-hmm. you're not supposed to call it semi-pro and we shouldn't because none of the players are getting paid. Right. But, but it's, but it's a pre-professional team and pri- primarily uh, with college players, our interns are mostly college students. We have a few high school students, but mostly college students. And then on the same time, it's a great way for people to cut their cut their cloth doing like play-by-play and color commentary and doing camera work and and switching and and all of that type of uh, video production work. So, you know, working with Ryder will really be a benefit. We, we worked last year with Rowan University, which was also a great a great partnership. You know, we we probably would have continued to work with Rowan, quite frankly, except that we're at Ryder, so it makes perfect sense to use Ryder's facilities and and Ryder knows how to produce games at Ryder, right? <laughs> you know, the, you know the the Ryder University <laughs> Ryder University uh, um, you know camera crews do the ESPNU broadcasts, so um, mm-hmm. so, so we'll uh, um, so we'll utilize that, and you know they're familiar with it, and and we know the great quality of work that they do, so. We're going to, you know, hopefully give those people, you know, really good resume items. And, and Lord knows I, I write a I write a really nasty and, and awesome uh, uh, letter to recommendation for people when they apply for jobs. So I'm so glad you're, you're involving writer students in this. I didn't even think of that. That's great. Yeah, so we have. I love providing opportunities. <laughs> yeah, so we actually have several writer <laughs> interns right now. Um, we have. We have one who's our, our women's soccer operations person, and she's she's great because she's local, and I'm pretty sure she plays on the WPSL team too. So she's going to stay for the through the summer. Oh, good. We have another rider student who also plays soccer, um, so she's helping out this uh, with, with our digital communications work for the spring for like player announcements and and digital content around our our full year men's team. And uh, but but she's going to wind up going home and playing for WPSL team near where she lives during the summer. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And then we have, you know, another intern actually from from Rowan who, uh, who who's going to be helping us as well this spring. So so so, you know, we have local university students who you know help out both now and in the summer. So we're actually um, I'm actually one of the things I was on today was making putting some uh, job descriptions in LinkedIn for summer interns for, <laughs> for this coming summer. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. If uh, let's connect on LinkedIn so I can share that out. Um, yeah, if, and if you know if you know any bookkeeping majors, I can use some bookkeeping help. So, Ryder's got gotcha. you. I'm sure we find someone someone at Ryder. I know Mackenzie Rodriguez played That's for the right. team. That's right. Yes, played for the club. She did. So we um so so she was one of our co MVPs. Um so 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 to, okay. to let you know our structure, I run the men's program and and my partner Ben Kernlack runs the women's program, and uh, so but but yeah, Mackenzie was one of our star players this year, and uh, yeah really yeah we we made it to the uh, we won our division so on the women's side so so we actually hosted the eastern uh, the eastern conference playoffs. So we hosted the semifinals and finals for the Northeast Conference. Oh, um, and uh, unfortunately, we lost in the semifinals and kicks from the penalty mark. Um, you can see laws of the game. I'm a referee. They're not penalty kicks. Penalty <laughs> kick is very specific. That's when there's a foul right. in the that's box. Right. And right. then that foul that's leads right. to a penalty kick, which is a goal. How you determine a game after extra time is pick kicks from the penalty mark. Um, 
So, <laughs> the, but but yeah. So Mackenzie was great. You know, on the men's side, we we didn't have a great first year. The, the for our first season, we actually were bottom of the table. We we only had a couple of wins. We we you know our roster construction had some problems. I mean, COVID didn't help us any. We were a new team, so people didn't want to come play for us necessarily. Um, but last year, we were able to really build a, a great roster with a really high level guys, including some players from from both Ryder and Princeton, so right here in our backyard, as well as obviously players who went elsewhere. We had for our second season in a row, Wesley Leggett, who played at uh, Princeton Day School and then went to St. John's University. He uh, he came and played with us for two years. Um, this past season, he missed a lot of games because he went on some professional trials. And just, oh. uh, just last week, it was announced that he signed with Loudoun United in USL Championship. So he's our first alumni who went to play professional soccer. Um, and he spent That's two awesome. years with, with us on this path to pro. So um, so we're really excited excited for him. Um, so, so this past year, we came in third place. We were, um, you know, uh, uh, we were very close to second place. Um, unfortunately, the way that our, our, in the men's side, the, the playoffs work out is only the winner of the division makes the playoffs. And uh, unfortunately, we're, we're in a division with a team called Ocean City. And Ocean City Nor'easters, which have been around a very long time, they have housing for most of their players. They are at the beach in Ocean City, New Jersey. So they tend to be able to attract quite a good bit of talent. And um, so they're very different. They've been very, very good for the last three or four years. Um, so, so actually, they were the only team that we did not get a, get a point from. Actually, that's not true. We did get a point. We got a point from them this year. They only dropped three points. They went undefeated. They went 11, uh, 11, 3, and, and 0. So they had 11 wins, three draws, and, and no losses. And we took a point from them. So so I'm kind of proud of that fact. Um, Wesley actually scored the goal in that game. Um, so it, Talent pipeline <laughs> right here, real central. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's the goal. I mean, one of our goals is over time, and obviously this is only our third season, but it's to identify talent, have strong talent play with us, but we also want to have a very local flavor. So, so you know, we'll, we'll bring in, we're going to be bringing in on the men's side some players from outside of our area, but we still ha- will have a very big core of players who are from right here, who are going to be key, and who, you know, over time we want to identify local players that play high school soccer or play for PDA or match fit or next level soccer, uh, match fit and next level soccer are partners of ours. And, and they're okay. So, so we want to identify players there who are 15, 16, maybe they should train with the USL two team. And if they're good enough, you know, we'd love to get them up to the USL level and then, um, you know, push them out into and to becoming professionals. I mean, that, that is a goal of ours ultimately is to, to develop talent where possible. You had talked about the difference between pre-professional and semi-pro. So just clear the definition. (laughs) Yeah. So technically in the United States, there's no such thing as semi-professional soccer because the way that the way that it works, the tiering system works is U.S. soccer has four tiers of soccer. They have first division, second division, third division. Those are all professional. So Major League Soccer is is first division league. USL Championship is second division league. Um, kind of like AAA baseball, if you will, although there's no, you know, no necessarily any affiliations between the different tiers. 
right. third division leagues. Now there's actually three third division leagues. There's USL League One, uh, which is a professional league that started a couple of years ago in 2019. Um, then there's um, there's NISA, which is the National Independent Soccer Association. And then there's MLS Next Pro, which is basically the new right. MLS Reserve League that just finished their, their inaugural season. Mm -hmm. So those are all professional leagues. Anything else below that is amateur. So you're, you're technically not supposed to be paid. Now, you know, there are some teams that pay players under the table and stuff like that, but I, I know for a fact, but, uh, you know, we don't do that, but, but, you know, there, there's, there's club teams, there's here in New Jersey where you live and I live, there's the garden state soccer league. That's one of the oldest soccer leagues in the country. Um, there's, uh, the uh, uh, National Premier Soccer League, NPSL, there's the Women's Premier Soccer League, there's USL League 2, which is also amateur, um, there's UPSL, there's a lot of different amateur leagues all around the country. Some are super local, like there's a Cosmopolitan League in New York, the CASA League in, uh, in Philadelphia. That is all technically, according to US Soccer, the same tier. In reality, there are leagues and, and that are slightly better than others. So for example, the USL League Two and the NPSL on the men's side, um, they basically are college all-star teams. And USL League Two, because of its, now this is my opinion, so I'm, I'm not trying to disparage any other league, um, but one of the reasons we chose League Two, quite frankly, is because of the affiliation that USL League Two has with other USL professional leagues. So there's actually a whole scouting network. All of our games are recorded. The highlights are, are taped. Oh. Our games get scouted. Um, you know, especially, you know, games like uh, like Ocean City, Ocean City Nor'easters, just given the talent that they tend to have, they tend to, have, to be scouted. And then when we play them, our players also get get noticed and, and recognized. And we've had professional scouts who have let me know that they were coming to some of our home games as well. So so our affiliation with USL is, is very big, and that tends to attract very high quality and high high caliber levels of players. Um, NPSL has has similar, and, and some of those teams are fantastic as well. And then there, and then other leagues like we we our men's team plays in the Eastern Premier Soccer League, which I would say is probably realistically a step down from from there. Um, they have some excellent teams, some very very good teams that that might be able to compete in USL League Two, but but there's not as many of them. So I think you know top to bottom USL League Two is probably the best and highest level amateur soccer in the country very very helpful to understand like i guess they call it a pyramid right yeah it's not so much of a pyramid it's kind of a uh, it's more like a funnel turned upside down christmas tree. <laughs> okay yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah well yeah, because yeah. because you have mls like and, funnel, and usl yeah. championship and then it starts to become a pyramid right so it's kind of a right, pyramid right, with a point right. i guess like a, a long yeah a long spire On the horizon, perhaps, is a women's team in USL Super League and a men's team in USL League One. So what's what has to happen to make that happen? Yeah, so so that's a very exciting development. So starting last year, so again, like one of these, um, you know, I, I have a dream big, you know, and reach for the stars type of attitude. Uh, again, it's it's one of these things where you know we're gonna we're gonna die trying kind of thing where when it comes to bringing professional soccer to central jersey <laughs> and um so firstly our 
I, I started working and I hired a consultant uh, that the league, that USL, that the United Soccer Leagues use, utilizes for stadium and, and team and club development called the McCullers Group. They're out in Ohio. Mark McCullers was actually the president of the Columbus Crew, and he actually helped build oh. um, the, the first soccer-specific stadium in the United States in Columbus Crew Stadium back in the late 90s. So he's, you know, he's been at this from the beginning, effectively. So and, and they've worked on, you know, several dozen soccer specific stadium projects over the, the last couple of decades. And so so we've been working with him. We've tried to identify sites. We've contacted municipalities, counties, towns. Uh, he's come here and we've looked at land and, you know, Amazon buys land that I wanted to buy to build a stadium. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, I've, man. you know, it's, Anyway, that's very unfortunate. <laughs> um, I put in an offer, and I, I'm not kidding. I, I, I actually, I was about, I literally had a verbal offer in, and they came back and they said, "Yeah, this is, we just got a better offer from Amazon." Um, so the the uh, true story. So the uh, so so first we we had to identify: can we get a stadium? Where can we have a stadium? Where can we play? And so we actually have that. I, I'm not at liberty to say where. But we do have the possibility of, of being able to build a soccer-specific stadium right here in Central Jersey, in in a great location that 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 would be fantastic. So that's number one. Number two, um, and this is this is you have to have a business plan. You have to know what you know where you're going to get fans from. You know, some of our current sponsors have said, "Hey, when you go pro, we'll up our sponsorship. Like we're in. Let's do it. You know, this is great stuff." So, so that's really exciting. So I think commercial viability is, you know, again, it, you know, year one, two, you have to have some runway. I mean, almost no business starts off being profitable. So, so we understand that, right? Like our business model doesn't have us profitable in year one or two, right? But, but, it, but heading in that the right direction. So then the third thing, and this is actually by far the hardest thing is to raise money. Now you might say, okay, it's raising money, raising capital. We started the, uh, in the last couple of weeks, actually, just uh, actually Christmas week, I just started to send out feelers and start to speak with people about raising capital. There's so many people who are so excited about this project that we could have an investor group and raise enough money. But but just from people who I've talked to and have and and verbally have committed uh, certain sums, we could probably start the team now with that. But there's a big catch, and that big catch is that U.S. soccer has rules that say you have to have a, a single owner that has a 35% or greater stake in your club, that's the primary owner, and has a net worth of over $30 million. So that's who we're looking for. <laughs> so, 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 so one of the one of the things right now is like outside of of League Two and working on getting new sponsors and fans and group sales for for our League Two and, and WPSL seasons this coming summer is I'm working on getting that primary owner because once we get that primary owner, I know we're going to be able to get secondary owners, right? I already have you know half a dozen right. you know handful five or six people who have said like I'm in I want to put in x amount of money and I'm like that's great you, you know it's it's almost as much money or more money than than what I uh, have committed so so we're talking about non-trivial sums here but we need that big owner mm-hmm. you know we need the we, we need right. the, uh, the that primary owner so so anyway so so searching for that person is really the kind of the number one goal for that now once that happens um, things can happen pretty quickly. If, if we find that owner and we sign our franchise agreement with the league this year, then, you know, it, depending on how long it takes to build the stadium, which, you know, modular stadiums do not take very long to build, 
we could be playing before the World Cup. That's completely possible. Could you build that shipping container stadium they had in Qatar? Just bring that one over. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if we would do that necessarily. We want to have a slightly different fan yes. experience would be our goal. Um, but 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 <laughs> but there is the possibility, you know, of of having a. There is definitely the possibility of, of having a, a modular stadium that we wind up building into, right? So other clubs have done that. Um, you know, I, I, you look at USL League One and you look at Greenville Triumph, for example. They played at a university. They bought some, you know, some stands and they they made a, a university stadium compliant. And then now they're building a you know larger five, I think it's five or six thousand seat stadium with a hotel next to it and all this other amenities. Like they're actually building a whole project. But they started the club at a local school called Legacy Early College, and they and they started there. And played their first three or four seasons at that school, and and that was um, so so, that, so that's also potentially an option depending on again who our lead investor is and and what what they would prefer to do. Like, would they prefer to do you know the option that we like, or do they want to do another option and maybe we cohabitate somewhere on a more temporary basis? Right, right, yeah. So, unfortunately, I'm not your lead investor. <laughs> if I had thirty million bucks in the in the bank, I could be your lead investor. But uh, I did win mega million, so uh, try better. I'll try next time. <laughs> so, so, so it's funny that you say that too, because one of the things that we're very keen on, and something that we actually have in the investor deck, is is we're keen to sell a, a portion of the club to the fans and actually give the fans a, a, mem- a board seat. So, so to have them involved. So this is something that they do in Europe pretty effectively. And I've talked to a number of owners of, uh, of lower division uh, teams in Scotland and, and, uh, and the United Kingdom and, and England. Um, and, well, and Wales, so I guess yeah, the United Kingdom. <laughs> um, and, they, uh, uh, and one of the things that a lot of them have is they have supporters right, trusts. Okay. And those supporters trusts own 10, 20, some, in some cases, a majority of the, of the clubs. And and those supporters trusts have you know the fans who are in there they they actually elect a board member or two, so so I'm very keen on doing something like that and and you know trying to not only raise money that way but more importantly have fan engagement and fan involvement right. almost from the beginning as we start as we build the club. That's great. That's really great. You really set me up. That's my next question. So how can fans support the club at this point? Well, our website is realcentralnj.soccer. So we have all kinds of merch on there you can buy. We, uh, we're we going to be announcing our schedule for USL League Two and the, and the Women's Premier Soccer League in the next uh, month or so. So sometime in February, both of those uh, schedules should be announced. So you can buy season tickets. They're super affordable. So 11 games, $80. I'm in. <laughs> so it's it, yeah it's i mean where else can you get that kind of value we we have all kinds of special nights so if you have a you know a girl scout troop a boy scout troop we, we're going to be doing special things on flag day because we have a, a shh, i didn't tell you but we have a men's game <laughs> on flag day this year um so we'll be doing something special there and uh you know we'll have first responder night we'll have pride night we'll have women breast cancer awareness night we have a whole bunch of different activities that that we're going to be doing to you know support local charities and and uh, and local groups and just make a fun atmosphere for for, for fans of every age and uh yeah you know we we don't 
you know, we're very keen on being as inclusive as we can. And, you know, so, you know, unless you're a real jerk, and even if you're a real jerk, we can put you in the corner somewhere. That's not a problem. But, you know, as long as you're not a real jerk, we want we want you to be at the stadium supporting these amazing athletes. I mean, some of these athletes are absolutely incredible and and really um, like, like, you know, I happen, I know for sure that we had some players on our USL2 team who could be playing professionally right now. Um, but instead, they're, you know, getting paid by their school to, you know, or their school's paying their tuition in order for right. them to play. <laughs> so, so they decided to do that. That's yeah. great. That's very exciting. Is there anything else you'd like to mention that I hadn't asked about? Um, well, just thank you, you know, just and thank everyone who's a, who's a soccer fan and, you know, the, the growing soccer fandom. I, I, I actually, when I was just updating our pitch deck, I found an interesting Gallup survey from 2019 that showed that um, that baseball and football had declining hmm. fan bases. So from 2012 to 2019, the soccer fan base in this country grew by 52 percent. Whoa. So yeah, just a massive growth rate, right? So you know, and and I think that there's a real like from us from a uh, from a commercial perspective, we want to start playing, you know, before the 2026 World Cup because we're perfectly situated right in between mm -hmm. two venues for the World Cup, and, um, and and we think that there'll just be a groundswell of support. I mean, similar to what 1994 yeah. did for the sport, but I think the momentum is already here, and this is just going to push that momentum even further and grow the game, and we want to be part of that, and we want Central Jersey to be a key part of the, that growth. Right on, right on. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. I, uh, I can't wait to put this out. <laughs> thank you. It was great being on. Soccer FC, Fandom and Culture, the Media Right Production. Check out our website, soccerfc.co, for all Soccer FC content. Produced and edited by me, Wright Sinieras. Theme music is Lucky Day by The Meritocracy. Additional music by Mixkit. Many thanks to Alice Sinieras. You've been listening to Soccer FC, Fandom and Culture. Because there's more to soccer than what happens on the field. Thanks for tuning in. Asedendo Tolimus. After World Cup fever subsided and my blood pressure went down, I want to yeah, look around yes, for other options. Absolutely. You know what? What else is out there? I, I didn't really know much about uh, USL. I, I know there are teams, and sometimes they graduate to MLS. But I want us to look around. Then what else is around? Since uh, also uh, the Ryder soccer uh, schedule was, was was done, the season, the Princeton season was done. So what else is out there? And I realized that hey, there's a soccer club right here. <laughs> so I was very pleased to, to, to see that. <laughs>